0: hey everybody welcome to grace if we have not had a chance to meet yet my name is dan i'm one of the pastors here and uh, as you might notice uh we're not on a boat we're we're not at my house we're actually somewhere way cooler than that we are actually here at the church in the auditorium because we are getting things ready for our reopening and you will be hearing more information about that so get excited let us know in the comments section what you are most excited about for when we do open up the church once again. Hey, happy Father's Day to all you dads that are out there. I myself am a dad, Uh, I got three kids, and, and all three of my kids, they absolutely love Legos. I love Legos, you probably love Legos. Who doesn't like Legos? We all love them until, until you're walking through the house in the middle of the night, just to go get a glass of water, and all of a sudden you step on one of these little awful evil bricks. It's in that moment that you question every decision that you ever made as the pain just rises from your foot all the way up to the top of your head. It is an excruciating pain. You see, I only had to do this one time before I figured out just a little $5 solution. And here's what that is, a nightlight. That's it, nothing too special, but this $5 little solution saved me. Well, because what does light do? Light illuminates the darkness. It makes the unseen seen. And that's what we're gonna be talking about today. We're gonna be talking about how we can be the light to those around us. We're gonna be talking about how how God has called us to be a light in the darkness, to illuminate, to, to shine light on the unseen, to make it seen. See, as we've been talking about hope, some of you are unaware that we're even supposed to be delivering hope to those around us. Some of you may be aware that that's what we're supposed to be doing, but you're not quite sure how. As I said before, Jesus wants us to be the light of the world, and we are, it's our responsibility to be the light and deliver hope to those around us today if you've got your bibles with you go ahead and turn to matthew chapter 5 we're going to be in verses 14 through 16. if you're new with us go ahead and open up a new tab and you can type in matthew 5 verses 14 through 16. that'll pull up the scripture if you want to follow along this is an interesting portion of scripture this this portion of scripture is known as the sermon on the mount this is one of jesus's longest teachings in scripture and it's early on in his ministry and it's in this section of scripture if you haven't taken the time to read through it i would encourage you to do so because you'll find some of jesus's most famous teachings in this uh loving your enemy the lord's prayer different things like that so i would encourage you to to dig into that and read that but let's go ahead and read this portion of scripture together this is what it says matthew 5 verses 14 through 16. it says you are the light of the world A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven." Now, this is, a, this is a really interesting passage of Scripture. You see, when Jesus is talking to his disciples and to those who were there, he's giving them imagery that they're really familiar with. He talks about, hey, you are the light of the world. Just like a city on top of a hill, it can't be hidden. Well, they knew what that meant. They knew that when it was dark out, if there was a city that was on top of the hill, you could see it for miles He also gives this imagery of a lamp in their house. And and they knew what this meant as well, because what they would do back in that time, they didn't have electricity. What they would do is they would light a lamp within their house. It would illuminate the entire home. And he says, why? Why would you light that lamp just to put a basket over it? That completely defeats the purpose. But he starts this portion of scripture out with what? He starts his portion of of scripture out with with saying, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You see, this is a phrase that they would have known as well. See, when he calls him the light, the word that is used there for light is the word, the Greek word phos. And it means to illuminate. It means to, to draw out with light shadow. It means to make the unseen seen. That's what the word light means. And he says, you are the light of the world. Now, this phrase, as I said before, there's there's a deeper meaning to this phrase. You see the phrase you are the light of the universe or light of the universe was actually a phrase that was used and reserved for the religious elites of the day, for those rabbis and teachers who were were somewhat famous and popular and well-known because of their depth of knowledge of scripture. So this phrase that was used to reference the the spiritually elite, if you will, or the religious elite, Jesus is turning right back around and he's telling the everyman, you are the light of the world. He's telling his disciples, tax collectors and fishermen, guys who were not good enough, he's saying, you are the light of the world. The religious leaders must have been losing their minds hearing Jesus tell the every man this phrase, that you are the light of the world. You see, this is a great compliment that Jesus is giving us as his followers, but it's also a great responsibility. You see, we see Jesus claim this title for himself in John 8 and in John 9. He claims that title for himself, but then gives it to us, his followers, as well. So how do we do this? How do we practically be the light of the world? How do we do that? What's, how do we live that out on a day-to-day basis? I don't want this to be some abstract phrase that we have no idea what it means. I want us to talk about what this actually means to be the light of the world. But before we do that, I think that it's important for us all to understand that this light, this light that is given to us, it's freely given to us. See, we don't have to earn becoming the light of the world. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. It's not a list of requirements that we have to attain in order to be the light of the world. We just need to simply accept being the light of the world. You see, in Jesus, we are the light of the world. As Chelsea leads us in this next song, I want you to reflect on two things the first thing i want you to reflect on is this idea and this concept that you are the light of the world and that jesus freely has given that to you to shine for others and the second thing i want you to reflect on is who who are you feeling like as we're talking about this as we're talking about delivering hope to those around us i want you to think about who those people are in your life that you can be delivering hope to Mm.
1: to shine and lead the way, let all that I do be to glorify you, let all that they see be your light in me, may love one another, our sisters and brothers, let our lives be the proof that your promises are true. This cannot overcome this. The sight of Jesus that we hold inside. So let it grow and shine brighter. To the name of Jesus cannot be denied. Let all that I do be to glorify you. do all they see, be light in me, they love one another, our sisters and brothers, let our lives be the proof that your promises are true. Too good to keep it hidden. No, I can't keep it to myself. The grace and kindness, too abundant. I can't contain. be a light in me. May love one another, our sisters and brothers. Let our lives be the proof that your promises are true. Let all that I do be to glorify you. Let all that they see Your promises are true
0: So as I said before, I don't want this to be some abstract phrase or concept. You know, I want us to know what it means to actually and practically be the light of the world and to deliver hope to those around us. See, the first way that I believe that we can do this in our day-to-day lives is, is through number one, loving others right where they're at. You see, Jesus tells us that we should love each other the same way that he has loved us. And what that means is that we choose to intentionally look past people's shortcomings and to care for them right where they are at. Back in February, we did an awesome series called Tender. And if you have not had a chance to check that out, I would encourage you to go back through our archives and watch uh, that series. But that series was called Tender. And in that series, we did a message called uh, What is Love?, And what we looked at, we looked at some of Paul's writings and he tells us what love is. And then let me just remind you real quick of what love is. He says that love is patient and love is kind, that it bears all things, that it believes all things, that it hopes all things and that it endures all things and that it rejoices in the truth. You see, what Paul does here when he talks about love is he gives us a list of choices. He does not give us a list of feelings These are acts of will, things that we, on our own, should be choosing to do and be to those around us. When we talk about this form of love, you see, it starts in our homes, and it goes out from there. It starts in our homes, and it goes to our our, our family, and our friends, and our acquaintances, and our co-workers, and even strangers, and yes, even our enemies— This type of love, you see, it is not conditional. This type of acceptance that Paul outlines for us, these aren't conditional things that we do when we feel like it. These are the things that we do by choice, to love those around us. See, we are called to love those who are marginalized in our society. We're also called to love those who are in power and in authority in our society. We're called to love those that society says are unwelcome and unfitting. But we're also called to love those who are accepted. You see, this type of love, it's a simple concept to understand, but it's not easy to apply in our day-to-day lives. You see, we had some neighbors that lived next to us for a couple of years and and the whole time that they lived next to us, they were consistently just fighting and having problems. They, They ended up getting divorced, but through that couple of years that we knew them, we did our best to come alongside them and to do this, to choose to just be patient, to choose to just hope for them and believe for them. And after all things were said and done and they moved out, I ended up getting a text from the gentleman that lived next door, and and he just thanked us. We didn't think that we were doing anything that powerful, but just loving him and his wife at the time. And, And he basically sent us a text message and said, Thank you. Thank you for being there for us. And he did say in his text, he said, Thank you for loving us. We didn't know you guys all that well, but we really felt the love coming from you guys. You are delivering hope to someone by loving and accepting them for who they are and not for what they do. The second thing that I believe that we can do in order to to be the light of the world and to deliver hope to those around us is through our words, through our use of words. You see, our words are powerful. They're so powerful. Life-giving words deliver hope. You see, think about this for just one second. Think about how far a simple word of encouragement has brought you in the past. Maybe you uh, found yourself uh, hanging out with friends and maybe you weren't even trying to lose weight and somebody comes up to you and says, hey, you look good. Have you been losing weight? It's like, oh man, well, maybe I'll have a salad for lunch. Maybe I'll go to the gym. You just automatically get encouraged and inspired. Or maybe you're just feeling kind of down at work and not encouraged and not inspired to go and you've got really no drive. But then someone tells you and they honestly tell you, hey, you know what, thank you. Thank you for helping us with that project because we wouldn't have been able to get that project done if it wasn't for you. And all of a sudden you, you feel reinvigorated based on just those little words. What about your faith? Have you ever felt like, man, God is not hearing my prayers? He's not hearing me every time I read the Bible I'm not getting anything from it every time I pray I don't feel like he's there for me but then one of your friends or family members tells you about a way that God showed up in their life and all of a sudden you're you're encouraged to continue to pray that's why we we share some of the stories that we share here as a church is because we want you to be encouraged and we want you to know that God is moving you see When we are speaking these words of life and we're delivering hope to people through our words, we have to understand that it's not just about what somebody does, but it's who they are. When we're sharing life-giving words, words of encouragement, of affirmation, of appreciation, we don't want to just talk to something that somebody has done, but we want to encourage their character and speak life into their character. You see, you have the opportunity to do this in every form of communication. If you're on the phone with somebody, if you're texting somebody on FaceTime or on Zoom, even online, if you've been on social media at all the last couple of months, you will know that there's an opportunity for you to speak life to others on social media, not downplaying anything that is going on in our world, and our society, but in the midst of what is going on in our world and in our society, people need words of hope and affirmation. You see, one of my favorite things that we do here as a, as a Grace Church staff is we affirm each other on our birthdays. Well, What does that mean? Well, when it's someone's birthday, we give them a card and we do the, the, the birthday cake and all that. But what we do is we each go around and we tell that person encouraging words and words of affirmation about who they are and who God created them to be. And It's one of my most favorite things that we do. <laughs> you might be thinking right now, oh, that's, that's a little weird. It might be a little weird to you, but you need to be doing it. You need to try it. Start it in your home. Tell your spouse, your roommate, your children, your family, your close friends. Tell them what you think about them. You should be speaking these words of life. You need it. I need it. We all need it. See, and you might be thinking to yourself, hey, I'm not good at this. My wife has told me or my husband has told me like I am not good at delivering words of encouragement. Now let's not overcomplicate this. This is much easier. This is much easier than you think, okay? You know when you go to the airport and you hear of the loudspeaker, they say, hey, safety is everybody's responsibility. If you see something, say something. Words of encouragement are the exact same way. If you see something good in someone, say it. If you want to be a person who is delivering light, you want to be a person who is bringing hope to those around you through your words consistently tell someone the good you see in them I'll say that again consistently tell someone the good you see in them that is how you deliver hope through your words you see your words have the unlimited potential to give life to build faith and to offer hope the third way that I believe that we can be a light of the world and deliver hope to those around us is through our actions. You see, words are important, but words alone aren't enough. Words alone are not enough. You can deliver hope through your words, absolutely. But we are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus where we are actually and practically coming along those who need help and helping them. The scriptures tell us to carry one another's burdens, not to just encourage somebody as they're carrying their own burden. We are to walk alongside them and make their burden our burden. That's what we're called to do. You see, don't overcomplicate this either. So many people think, well, I don't know how my actions can actually deliver hope to others. I don't have the means to be able to do something like that. Again, don't overcomplicate this. It's easy. It's so much easier than you think. It's as simple as being kind in 2020. It's as simple as treating somebody with respect. Never underestimate how far a simple act of kindness can go. I, I, for one, am the type of person who I don't, I'm not a big coffee drinker, and I definitely don't spend a lot of money on coffee because I'm not a coffee drinker, but a couple of months ago, I was in the drive-thru at Starbucks, and I thought, hey, you know what, might as well pay $9 for a coffee today, and so I, I hit the drive-thru, and I get up there to get my order, and the, the young lady who gives me my coffee, she says, hey, uh, there's no charge. The person in front of you paid for your order, and I was like, that's awesome. See, so here's what I did. It encouraged me so much. It inspired me so much that I was like, you know what? Let's keep this going. And so I was like, let me pay for the, the, the person behind me. Let me pay for their order. And their order was like 25 bucks. I was only going to spend a few dollars on a cup of coffee. But here's the thing. I didn't even care in that moment. The person in front of me, their simple act of generosity delivered so much inspiration and hope to me that I didn't care that I was going to now pay $25 for the people behind me. I was just so encouraged and inspired by their simple act of kindness that I wanted that to continue. Be generous to someone. Use the means that you have to be generous. Serve someone. Find a need that needs to be met and meet it. Maybe you have an elderly couple that's in your neighborhood that's not getting out all that often right now. It's as simple as maybe mowing their lawn offer to deliver groceries, maybe make them a meal. Give a friend that's, that's been struggling through quarantine with their children, offer to babysit their kids. Sit and listen to somebody who feels unheard. Your actions can deliver hope. And if you want to do something bigger than that, you want to do something bigger than yourself, a link should be popping up in the comments now. I would encourage you, sign up for our outreach ministry. Come and be a part of something bigger than yourself and help to practically meet the needs of somebody around you. Your actions deliver hope. Grace Church, you are the light of the world. Jesus has given you this light to shine for others. And we can simply do that through loving those around us through our words, and through our actions. Let's go ahead and pray. God, thank you. God, thank you for for the hope that we have in you. Lord, I pray right now for for those who maybe haven't yet experienced that hope, for those who are watching right now and they they haven't yet given their lives fully to you. If you can hear my voice and that's you, just say this simple prayer with me. Say, God, I believe that you sent your son to die on the cross for me and for my mistakes. I'm sorry for the mistakes that I've made. I ask God that you would forgive me and that you would be the Lord of my life from this day forward. God, we want to celebrate with those who said that prayer and and for those of us who have been walking with you for for whether it's just a little bit of time or, or quite some time now. I pray that we would would take your word today and that we would learn to truly live out what it means to be the light of the world and to deliver hope to those around us. God, we love you. We thank you. We ask these things in your name. Amen.